One of the things that uh, we've been talking about was um, the importance of uh, understanding God's ways. And um, I was talking about Moses and uh, children of Israel. And I want to go on and deal with a, a subject that's little understood. When you come to worship, uh, and worship is um, to do with singing praise to God, there are certain things that God abhors. Some things he likes. There's some things he doesn't like. And um, our God is a God who really orders things after his own counsel. It's nice to think that you can interfere with God and tell God what to do. But actually, it doesn't work. I, I meet a lot of people who object to God's decisions. It's amazing if you change things how people's attitudes change. I guess, uh, for some strange reason, people change ideas, change notions, change things, uh, and they think they can manipulate God. And what I want to look at this morning is a story that's in the Bible that uh, is little understood, uh, but is there, and it's for our admonition and it's for our correction. If you turn with me to Numbers chapter 16. Numbers 16. I just, um, we were talking about men. A man's got to be a man in the home. He's got a responsibility. He's worse than an infidel if he doesn't lead spiritually, ethically, morally in every area of life. Worse than an infidel. And um, the idea of just putting that down as um, if you don't provide for your wife and family, uh, you're worse than an infidel, just put down as physical things, natural things, is totally unfounded. It's the whole of life, body, soul, and spirit. And as I said on Friday, you can't divide your life up into compartments, say, well, this is business, this is spiritual, this is home, this is family. Uh, you're a whole person. And your life, if you're a true Christian born of God's Spirit, it pervades every part of your life. And if it doesn't pervade every part of your life, you haven't got Christianity, you've just got religion. And that's false. It has to be a life you live. You have the life of Christ within. And then we come to the story of Korah. And you'll find it in chapter 16... Um, You'll find uh, in verse 2, we'll just briefly put, set the scene for you. In verse 2, And they rose up before Moses, with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift you up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? Uh, when you get leadership in any area, 
you always get people that don't like leadership. That's just part of the package. Uh, if someone is a leader, you'll always get people who know better. It's amazing how you can go to companies all over the world and you'll find that the office boy knows how to run the company better than the boss. Hello? Uh, and you, if you work for someone, you always know better than they. It's amazing that you're working for them and they're your boss and yet you know how to run it better. Hello? Have you ever sat in a, an office and listened to people complaining about the management? I mean, isn't it amazing how many people are smart? Uh, and when you come to a church, it's amazing how many people can tell a pastor what he should and shouldn't do. Especially if they feel he does something they don't like. You know, it's easy to criticize someone, isn't it? Especially if you don't have to do anything. Hello? You know, when, when you deal with people all day long, and I have to deal with people all day long, they come with all sorts of problems. On a Sunday morning, you come to church, and you might say, well, that's all right. But on the Monday morning, they can sit down, and they can criticize, and they can say, well, I don't accept this, I don't do that. They love to criticize. People love to criticize. Some, with some people, it's a real gift. That's why I find if someone asks me a question about their lives, I always ask them what they want and tell them, well, they can have what they want. And my advice to them is do what they want because they're going to do it anyway. Because I've always found out people who do what they want, no matter what God says. That's people. Hey, and I've been in uh, pastoring long enough to know that you're wasting your time. You'll never violate a man's will. A man will always end up doing what he wants, no matter what God says. That's just the way your cookie crumbles. And as long as you understand that, you don't get frustrated as a pastor. That's them. So you might as well agree with them and let them do it. That's a smart man. The fool tries to turn him round. That's a waste of time. I, I mean, a dog's a dog, a cat's a cat. By telling a cat to be a dog won't make him a dog. By telling a dog to be a cat won't make him meow. And by telling someone who had no intention of going God's way, well, God, it won't change him. You just have to accept the fact, you know, Man does not like correction. They, they won't go the right way, that's it. They make their decision, they're going to go that way. No matter what you do, you won't change them. They can huff and puff and they can say, they, oh, you know, they really want to go God's way. Just a load of old rubbish. Oh, you know, I just want God, you don't want God's way at all. You want your way and you'd like God to bless it. Well, he won't. And so you have a little story here, which is lovely. It's called the story of Korah 
Abiran and Datham and their end. Uh, and there are just principles here you might as well look at because they're in the Bible and it's written for your admonition, for your correction, for your help. I don't have, um, you know, with age I've learned um, not to be skeptical but just to understand the way some people are. Thank God there are people who go God's way. Shame is there's so few. Wesley said it would only take ten men to change a whole nation. Ten men committed to Christ. He couldn't find them. Hmm. It's amazing. God found Moses and Aaron. They chose to go God's way. Hey, we've just gone through the story where the spies have come back, you know, and they've actually come back, uh, Caleb and, um, has come back with a, a good report with Joshua and the people have lied and everything's going wrong and hey, uh, you know, they've taken the advice of that witch, uh, Jethro, and gone into the deceptions and, and of course you see the result of Jethro's leadership because here are the men of renown in, in the children of Israel and don't think uh, you can't prove that Jethro was a priest of the Midianites and going wrong because here you have the prime example of the problem and I want to look at it today and say hey how do you avoid being one of those who ends up in trouble. And as a lot of the children of Israel perished at this point. And amazingly enough, not all of them, God was prepared to wipe the whole lot out. Say to Moses and Aaron, look, I've had enough of them. Let's start again. But here's Korah. And he rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel. You know, it's always amazing how certain people are. <laughs> they're so certain they're right when they're certainly wrong. <laughs> 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, said unto them, You take too much upon yourselves, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift you up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Now, have you ever thought about this? Here's Korah making a statement, but who lifted him up to be leader? He lifted himself up. Who lifted up Abiram? Who lifted himself up? Who lifted up Dathan? Lifted himself up. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. And he spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show you who are his, and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do, take you censors, Korah and he, all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them, 
before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, you sons of Levi, seemeth it a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them, and he hath brought thee near to him, and all the br thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also, for which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come up. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Moreover, thou hast not brought us into the land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. And Moses was very wroth. And said unto the Lord, Respect not thou their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. Uh, do you notice that there is something about when people get delivered, and they got delivered from Egypt, there was a complaint. Hey, you haven't given us everything, but why were the children of Israel in the wilderness? Anyone? Why? Thank you, Dr. Hayden. Rebellion. In other words, God said you can go in, and they believed evil reports and wouldn't go in. Do you know, it's strongholds of Satan are in the mind. The reason people don't inherit the promises of God are because they don't believe God, and they'll believe an evil report rather than a good report. And so, they're... Here, and poor old Moses is getting blamed for that which was the responsibility of the rebels. Ten spies who turned round and said, the country's evil, full of giants, we'll be overcome, we can't go in. Caleb and Joshua put a good report. Now here they are, in rebellion, and who do they blame for the result of their rebellion? They blame the man who's the leader. Hey, he was the one who wanted to encourage him to go in. And they took up stones to stone him. And now they blame him because they haven't gone in. That's amazing, isn't it? In other words, you can have people who have a real experience of God get challenged, but they won't live the life and walk the walk and be what God intends them to be, therefore they don't live in the benefits of life, therefore they blame the leadership because they've failed to come into what God had ordained they should have because of their rebellion. It wasn't Moses or Aaron that rebelled, it was the people. And yet the people find it convenient to blame Moses and Aaron. 
It's always good to blame someone for your state, isn't it? Huh? I'm amazed how many people come and they ask advice. And I know when they ask advice, they're not going to take it. For goodness sake. Don't kid yourself. They're going to do what they want to do. Because a heart of rebellion is going to rebel no matter what. Doesn't matter they've come out of Egypt. Doesn't matter God's blessings. Just yonder, they'd rather live with their own way than God's way. Poor. And poor old Moses, he gets upset. Can you imagine? Lord, he says, don't you respect their offering. I haven't taken an ass from them. I haven't hurt one of them. Don't you respect their offering. They can come and they can sing and they can worship before you. Don't you respect it. And then he says, come on, in the morning we're going to prove who's who. We'll see who's who. You think you got it right? I tell you, we'll prove who's who. I love it. You know, God's on my side. He really is. But there's attitude of heart. Attitude of mind. And when the wrong attitude's inside a man, he's in trouble. And you need to understand what the wrong attitude is. Then maybe you'll understand why you're on the way to be a wandering star, reserved for outer darkness. A spot in the feast. Feeding yourself without fear and thinking all the wrong things. Uh, And this story is a beautiful story. Uh, And when you institute change in any church and you say things have got to change, it's amazing how many people get upset. My, they feel they haven't got the status they deserve. Well, what status? They want this, they want that. Glory to God. You know, I, I tell you this, the, the easiest thing to do to upset people is institute change. That people like status quo. Well, quo isn't stated. And you better get used to it. Go on, verse 16. And Moses said unto Aaron, Be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron tomorrow. And take every man his censer and put incense in them. And bring ye before the Lord every man his censer, 250 censers. Thou also and Aaron, each of you his censer. And they took every man his censer and put fire in them and laid incense thereon and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. I love it. 
God says, all right, now I'm going to prove it. 250 of them. And Dathan and Abiram, you remember, weren't coming up. But here, you've got Korah and 250 of the princes, renowned men, coming up with their censors. Now, there's certain things you better understand about the censors. First of all, to be in the priesthood as a Levite, you needed a golden censer. You couldn't come before the Lord without a golden censer, with incense in it, and the incense was strictly made of four things. And therefore, the people that were going to come up to offer with their censers, they had used the gold to make a golden calf. So all they had was brass. They didn't have golden censers. You'll find that later on in this chapter. They had brazen ones, and they ended up on the brazen altar. The second thing is, you could not come before the Lord with strange fire. You had to take the fire, a coal, from out of the brazen altar. They didn't do that, the princes. They didn't have access to it. Aaron did. Aaron had a golden censer. These men of renown who had followed Jethro's principle only had brazen censers. So they had strange fire and strange incense. They hadn't got the priestly incense. They weren't of the tribe of Aaron. So the smell of the incense and the brazen censer. Now what is the difference between that? Let me tell you what the difference is. Brass speaks of judgment. The brazen altar was where sin was dealt with. It's amazing how many people sit in judgment. Gold speaks of purity and holiness and divinity. And so Aaron had a golden censer and he had the incense and he had the fire from the brazen altar and the rest that came had brass censers they didn't have the true incense nor did they get the right fire so when they came before God they couldn't fulfill worship as it should have been they could only fulfill that judgmental critical thing that they were you see they were deciding out of their own minds what was right and wrong They try to elevate themselves to a position that was given to someone else. And so they got in trouble. Now, if you read the scriptures and you don't look carefully through it, you won't realize, but you'll find as we go on in the chapter, it was brazen. Senses. It wasn't brass. They weren't gold. Aaron's was gold. And, and it's amazing when the plague stayed, as we're going to look at, you'll find that that um, Aaron went, you know, when, when the plague started, because they murmured the next day, God sent Aaron, um, Moses sent Aaron, and he said, you get a coal from the brazen altar, you put it in there, you put the proper incense in there, and stand, and he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. Very, very important to understand principle. See, a man comes in and he, he, he can praise God, 
But I tell you, it depends what his heart is. <laughs> you sing the same things. It all sounds the same. But if your heart's wrong, God doesn't accept it. If it's a strange fire and not the fire of the Holy Ghost, inspired of God, and if it doesn't come from the right altar, you're offering strange fire to God. God doesn't recognize it. Uh, the thing is, you see, what had happened, rebellion gets in, and it's amazing how the moment a man lives by his own law instead of God's word, and by his own intelligence instead of God's word, he then is offering strange fire and strange incense, and he's coming against God. And all his worship is an insult to God. You can't rebel against the living God and come before him and pretend it's all right. That's why compromise in the church of God is a no-no. There are things that God says, thus shalt thou do, and if you don't do it, you're in trouble. And God raises up men to tell you. And if you don't accept what they say, then you're in trouble. And of course the answer is, well, who made you a ruler? Who gave you the right? Well, God certainly didn't give it to Korah. Moses was very wroth. Verse 15. And he says, bring you up the census. Okay? And verse 20. You know, or verse 19. Korah gathered all the congregation against them. Do you know, it's amazing. When one man gets bitter, how he'll end up gathering people around him. I always tell people, watch out. A man that gathers unto himself. That's why a charismatic person is a dangerous person. When I say charismatic, I mean a person with personality who draws people to himself. God forbade honey in every sacrifice, natural sweetness. Watch out to, for the man who, who's kind of very, very drawing to themselves, you know, charismatic personality. Very affable, likable, always smiling, joking. Watch out. You're not the person you need to be near. These men of renown, popular men, well-accepted men. But when the crunch comes, they're on the wrong side. That's one of the advantages with having a personality like mine. No one can call, accuse me of being charismatic you know, or drawing people and being nice. Thank God for it, see? No one can accuse me of having honey. No one can, you know, and that, that's good. Someone who's dying of cancer doesn't need a doctor to tell him it's okay. He needs a doctor to tell him, we've got to take the knife, we've got to do radical surgery, we've got to get chemotherapy going, we've got to get radiotherapy going. If you're going to survive this, you're going to have to have a radical whatever. Huh? 
And I find too many people would prefer someone whose mealy mouth will make you feel comfortable than someone who'll come and say, look, sin needs dealing with. If you're going to live wrong, you're going to hell. You need to realize there's got to be a radical transformation in your life. Your children need a radical transformation. Your home needs a radical transformation. In other words, it's confrontational. And when Jesus came, he confronted the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the rulers, and he made it quite plain. Hey, if you want to go your own way, don't call yourself a Christian. You're not. Humbug. Clear off. That's the truth. But who wants to hear that? And, and this Moses, you know, he kind of made it plain. Uh, and they got mad at him. Well, you keep coming and telling us, God says, who are you to be ruler? Think you can decide things? We're all capable of deciding it. I don't need anyone. I don't have to consult anyone. I make my own decisions. You're already in rebellion. <laughs> and the Lord spake, verse 20. The Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. Now, Dathan and Abiram, you remember, stayed. They weren't coming out. Moses went to them. They're in trouble. <laughs> one man caused a lot of problems. How can one man do so much damage? All the congregation. It's amazing how people don't want to go the right way. They want to go their way. And boy, will they turn people and convince people that no one has a right to tell you what's right and wrong. Telling people everything's all right when it's wrong. And when you stand up for truth, they get angry. When you stand against a man who's going wrong, they turn around and say, well, you know, you've got to water it down, otherwise you'll lose them. You've lost them already. They're in death. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Says God. So easy, but it can sound so right. Well, you know, I don't want to alienate people. Well, I do. If they're going to go against God, I want them alienated. And God says, get out from their tent, get out from their company, get away from them. Is that right? You know, watch out. When someone does that, you get away from them. 
because they, 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 they're, they're at death's door. Uncompromising, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and they come, you know. <laughs> and so they get up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out. See? They were still in their tents. And stood in the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little ch children. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own mind. Boy, Moses is saying, this isn't what I've engineered, this is what God's engineered. I didn't set this up, this is God. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then you shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened a mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their goods, they and all that appertained to them, went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were round about fled at the cry of them, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Eleazar, the son of Aaron the, the priest, that he take up the censers out of the burning and scatter out the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. The censers of these sinners against their own soul, let them make them broad plates for the covering of the altar. For they offered them before the Lord, therefore they are hallowed. And they shall be a sign unto the children of Israel. And Eleazar the priest took up the brazen censers, wherewith they that were, uh, were burnt had offered, and made broad plates for covering of the altar to be a memorial unto the children of Israel, that no stranger, which is not of the seed of Aaron, come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah and as his company, as the Lord said to him by the hand of Moses. Hey, they went down quick, didn't they? And the children of Israel ran for it. Wouldn't you run? They could hear the screams of these guys as the earth opened up and all their children and everyone that appertained to them, they just went down into the pit alive and they could hear their screams. And I tell you, they hightailed it. They might have moved away from the tabernacle, now they were running. They saw what God did. That was the end of them. And then, these men of renown who offered strange fire, fire came out of the altar and frizzled them to a fritter. There was nothing left. 
set the brazen censors. They got cremated alive, 250 of them, men of renown, leaders. God said, that's it, you're not going to come and offer strange fire. You want to side the wrong side, that's the end of you. Now you can imagine, it was quite a sobering thought, wasn't it? Hello? I mean, if you'd run and fled, and you watch tents with families, children, wives, everything, going down to the pit, and hear their screams as they go, and you're running from it, I mean, it would stick in your memory, wouldn't it? And while you were running away from the congregation, you watch, and there's these 250 men of renown princes amongst the children of Israel, men well-known and well-respected, and they're all waving their censers, and suddenly this fire comes out of the altar and fries them, and there's nothing left of them, you would reckon that it was better to keep clear. Wouldn't you? And God said, now look, he said, I want you to understand something. You don't take upon yourself something that God hasn't given you. You take it upon yourself and you'll find the fire that's a blessing will be a thing that consumes you. It'll finish you. You've come near to offer strange fire to God. Bang, you're gone. Now God needed leaders. Lord alone knows we need leaders. But not the wrong leaders. You need the right leaders who haven't got a heart of rebellion. In a home, you need a husband who's not rebellious against God, but who yields to God. You need a man who goes by the word of God alone in every area of his life. You need someone who's going to stand with integrity for what God says and not compromise and destroy his family and his children because of his deception. You've got to stand for what God says. That's the way it is. It's amazing the story goes on. You think, well, that should be enough to frighten them spitless. They should all be saying, hey, this God we've come to deal with, but not so. The next day, what happens? But on the morrow... All the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron saying, You've killed the people of the Lord. Hey, how about that? Now the judgment of God's come, things are made clear, fires come out of the altar, burned them to a frazzle, and it's one day before the people come back and attack the leadership. To one day. You'd have thought they'd have at least given a week. One day, they're back. All the congregation, back to murmur. 
See, no one likes judgment and no one likes dealing and no one likes truth. And boy, they want their own way. And they watch the judgment of God fall. They watch people being swallowed up by the earth. They watch the terrible judgment of God. They watch fire come out of the altar and they blame Moses for it. You kill them. I mean, Moses hadn't rebelled. They had. They'd come with strange fire. They'd said they were equal. Poor, they soon proved they weren't. They were dead. Moses and Aaron were alive. And one day, the next day, people are back moaning. I'm amazed how people will always moan. One day, and they're back. You tell them the truth, and the next day they're back in their old pit. And this is the whole congregation. They fled. When they heard the screams of Korah, and Abiran, and Dathan, and Dathan, and Abiran's household, they ran. When they watched the fire come out and consume all the renowned men of Israel, the leaders, they ran. And that fear lasted one day. Well, I don't know. I, I just find that hard to, to believe, don't you? I mean, isn't that incredible? One day. You'd think at least a week. Well, maybe two days. I mean, you know, if you'd seen that, wouldn't you have thought, hey, but you know, these are the people that saw all the host of Israel perish in the Red Sea and denied God. These are the people that saw the miracles that delivered them out of Egypt and denied God. These are the people that saw God move with a mighty hand and denied God. These are the people that saw the mountaintop with thunder and lightning and with a fiery pillar. These are the people that knew God's dealings and God's deliverance and yet they rebelled. And how many people do you see who have a true experience of God and they rebel because they want their own way? They want to run their own life. They want to do their own thing. And God says no. Look, this is the way it is. They don't like it. And so rebellion's in their heart. So when they come, they come with a judgmental attitude. brazen censor false incense they're not submitted to Christ they come to praise God but their heart is critical and God looks at it and says okay I got your measure our God's smart you know he weighs things up he knows where you're coming from. That's why Jude says, you know, foaming out their own shame. Do you remember it? Friday? Huh? Wandering stars. 
full of bitterness. One day and they're back. Whole congregation. And I'll tell you what, Moses and Aaron had fallen on their faces and said, God, don't, don't finish them off. These people were grateful for the intervention of Moses and Aaron. The only reason they're still alive is Moses and Aaron had pleaded. <laughs> but on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You've killed the people of the Lord. And it came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces, and Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly unto the congregation, and make an atonement for them, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took, as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700 beside them that died about the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of the tabernacle of congregation, and the plague was stayed. Whew. I mean, quite a death rate, isn't there? Huh? You know, spiritual death comes on people. You say, well, that's old covenant. Yeah, but the principles of God and spiritual principles are the same. They don't change. God's God. You see, the problem with Korah and with Dathan and Abiran and the leaders was they took a place that God hadn't given them. They were Levites. They were the tribe of Levi. But they were only saved to do certain things. And they wanted to be what they weren't. Look, understand this. You can come to church, but your actions will never change your nature. You can do all the right things, but it won't change you. What you have to do, you have to understand that you have to have your nature change, and then your actions will spring right. You've got to get rebellion out of your heart, and then things flow right. But you can't worship from a wrong heart. You can't live in the life of God with a wrong attitude. Bitterness and root of bitterness springing up defiles many. It sprung up in Korah and it defiled the whole congregation. And Moses is saying, for one man's sin, should the whole people perish? Imagine, imagine a root of bitterness springs up in him. Hey, he couldn't be what he wanted to be. I tell you, I'm amazed how many people get upset because they feel they're not recognized and don't get the position they want and aren't 
respected for what they are, and why is this, and I'm this, and I'm that. Hey, and inside themselves, it's rebellion against God. God makes you what you are. Matthew's gospel makes it quite plain. You know, if a man exalts himself, he's in trouble. If you abase yourself, God will exalt you in due time. But make sure it's God who exalts you and not you who try and grab a position that God never gave you. There's a principle in God. You can't be what you're not. You need to be what you are. And the whole of the children of Israel had to learn a lesson. Well, you say, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, well, we all have gifts. God gives to every man. Sure he does. But he doesn't give position. A gift isn't a position. God chose Moses and Aaron. Lord alone knows why he chose Moses. No one else does. Why did he choose Abraham? Because God is God. Why did Jesus choose Peter, James and John? What was it about Nathaniel? What was it about Matthew? What was it about the people he chose? Philip. Why did he choose a doubting Thomas? Why did he choose a Judas? Well, God chose them. That's it. There isn't no explanation, you know, God has chosen. them. Why did he choose an Elisha instead of one of the school of the prophets? Why a Jeremiah? Why a Paul? Saul of Tarsus. Why? Well, if you can answer that, you're God. I don't know. There, there's some comforting thoughts. What I love is the comforting thoughts that are in the Bible too. Did you realize something? Uh, Korah, uh, he, he led a rebellion. But the nice thing about it is his house didn't follow him. If you turn with me um, to Numbers 26... Uh, and verse 1, And it came to pass after the plague that the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Eleazar, the sons of Aaron, uh, of the priests, saying, Take the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel from twenty years old and upward, throughout their father's house, all that are able to go to war in Israel. Verse 9, And the sons of Eliab, Nemuel and Dathan and Abiram, this is that Dathan and Abiram which were famous in the congregation who strove against Moses and against Aaron in the company of Korah when they strove against the Lord. And the, the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah when that company died. What time the fire divide, 
devoured 250 men and they became a sign. Notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. And you'll find, it's beautiful to find, that the people who wrote the psalm that said that they desired the courts of the Lord and would rather dwell in the courts of the Lord were the sons of Korah. And so God spared the right people. You'll find the descendants of Korah, his sons never died. He came out and he went and stood with Abiram and Dathan and he went down into the pit but his family didn't go. You always want to notice that. It's in the Bible. You see, the families that went, and, and children don't have to go and follow their father into death. They didn't go in the rebellion. Just interesting. Hey, you don't have to go the way of your folk. You can stand up and go God's way. And the sons of Korah survived. They, the sons of Dathan and Abiram, they went into the pit. But the family of Korah did not. It's just nice to notice. Very interesting. And if you look in the Psalms, you'll find the descendants. They're there in the Psalms. Uh, and um, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. That's them. They understood the principle, it's better to be a doorkeeper than to desire a high place and end up frizzled. Alright? So don't always think that the whole family needs to be destroyed because of a father. It's likely they will, but thank God there were those that didn't. Just interesting. If you like interesting things. You know, God is faithful. Always is, always will be. Back in number 16. You'll find Aaron took, as Moses commanded, verse 47. He took the golden censer of the high priest. He took coal from off the brazen altar where the blood of guilt was shed and he ran into the congregation with a right incense and the right incense was made up of the right contents and he stood between the living and the dead and the plague was stayed you know our God calls people and they minister life. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. You, you end up one side or the other. You know, you either live in rebellion, I want my way, or you live in truth where, hey, thy will, O God. You know, when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, say this, our Father which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What? Thy will. Thy will be done where? Where? As it is. Whose will? 
Who's going to do God's will? You and me. If God's our Father, he's saying, come on. There's only one will we should be fulfilling. It's his will. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, the only way to keep out of evil is to do God's will. You've got to be actively doing God's will. I want to go God's way. I want to serve the living God. Hey, I want to find out what God's will is. It's not what I want. Don't, don't think, some people, they, they divide their life into compartments. There's that compartment which is the life where, where it's their family. Then there's a compartment where it's, their life is business. And then there's a compartment where their life is church. And then there's a compartment where their life is school. And they say, well, you can't kind of put a blanket over all of Oh, can't you? <laughs> you see, there are no compartments in God. I've come to do thy will, O oh God. I've come to live for you. All that I have and I am is yours. I'm a Christian. I belong to you. It's not a matter of choosing what's right and wrong in my eyes. It's what does God say? That's it. I come to live for you. And, and that's the choice you have. Either you like Korah and Abiram and Dathan and the congregation who all decided we'll do what we want. No one's going to tell us. Moses, you've no right to tell us. What right has a preacher got to preach and tell you it's wrong? Why? He's high-handed. Who does he think he is? Why? He's called of God to speak the word of God. And if there's anything high-handed, let me tell you, God led them out with a high hand. A mighty power. That's the only way to get out of Egypt. Things are right or they're wrong. It's not shades of grey. It's black or it's white. It's true or it's false. It's light or it's darkness. It's sin or it's holiness. It's not, oh well, you've got to understand people. Rubbish, I don't understand it at all. And God didn't seem to understand it with Nathan and uh, uh, Korah and Dathan and Abiram. He just, and the congregation, 14,000 of them, 14,700, bang, gone. Cool. If Aaron had been a bit quicker, it might only have been 12,000. <laughs> he stood between the living and the dead. They were going down like nine pins. Aaron ran in the middle and waving his censer and making atonement before God. It 
See, one strange fire. You know, we're not playing at life. I want you to understand God is God. It's not a game. It's not kind of a religion you go to. It's not a superstition. It's not maybe it'll turn out all right. Maybe it won't. I mean, what we're looking at is something that is clear before God, isn't it? It isn't a matter of you choose what you like and done what you don't like. It's not a matter of you say, well, you know, I'll make up my mind. I don't need anyone. <laughs> We're dealing with the living God of heaven. We're coming to tell people there's a God who heals, a God who delivers, a miracle-working God who's able to deliver to the uttermost. We're telling people there's a God who's a consuming fire. We're telling people there's a God who loves you. He bled and died on Calvary's tree to redeem you. He took your sin and my sin into his own body on the tree. He paid the price. You don't have to perish. But you've been bought with a price. You are not your own. God commands all men everywhere to do what? Repent. That means you turn around and you go the right way. He says, listen, you live in your rebellion, you'll perish. In the way Korah perished, in the way Dathan perished, in the way Abiram perished, and Jude will make it plain, there's reserved for you darkness forever. Wandering star, foaming out your shame. You'll never be different. You repent. You turn. You realize you cannot defy the living God. You're not playing a game negotiating with someone and reasoning with someone. You're facing the living God. The God who sent his son to redeem you. The God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He bled and died for you. You haven't a right to play with this. It's not a matter of choice. I'll choose what I want to do. It's a matter of command. God commands all men everywhere. Repent. Say, well, I, I, I don't agree. <laughs> Fool. There's only one way to go. It's called the right way. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One way. And you warn people, and the very next day they're back in their old thing. Have you noticed you can, sometimes people will turn for a day. 
You challenge them, confront them, they'll turn, but you give them a, a little while talking to the wrong people and they're back in their old thing. Now maybe this story is just Alice in Wonderland, huh? Maybe it didn't really happen. Maybe, maybe these aren't examples left us. Maybe Paul had it all wrong. <laughs> maybe we're, well, we're under grace, we're not under law, so God, God's not like that. <laughs> well, why did he say, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisees, you'll in no wise enter in? Well, you know, uh, yeah, but you know, they didn't see the miracles. Well, you've seen miracles. They'd seen deliverance. You've known the blood of God's Son cleansing you from sin. They'd seen the transform. Oh, yeah. So have you. Why'd you turn back as a dog to its vomit and a pig to its filth? There's only one way to go. No one's going to tell me what to do. That's your problem right there. You know, it's strange. God said, how shall they hear without a preacher? Boy, why doesn't God just speak from heaven? Because he sends a preacher. <laughs> if he's sent. That's it. I mean, you know, is this a game? Is this a game? Well, is it? With whom do we deal? Don't we deal with the living God? It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Do you know, what worries me is the, the presumption and the lack of fear. What worries me is people just think God's playing. This is just, you know, church politics. For goodness sake. People get offended because they can't have what they want. Why we deal with the God of heaven? Korah didn't understand that. He said to Moses, well, Moses, you know, you might have done all those miracles to get us out of Egypt, but who made you better than us? I mean, all the elders of Israel should have gone in with Moses and Aaron. Do you remember? Hello? Do you remember what we looked at? They should, none of them went in. They waited outside the door to complain. They haven't changed much when they get out of Egypt. And they get in the wilderness, they're still complaining. You know what I find? The people that you try and help the most are the biggest complainers. The more you help someone, the more they'll kick you. That's just the way it is. There's a mystery. Nothing more mysterious than people. Don't you come and play games with God. 
I watch people who are in total rebellion against God and they come and they sit like spots in the feast. They feed themselves without fear and they pretend they're all right and they're laughing and joking around with people in the church. Uh, hey, get yourself away from them. Don't get involved in their house. Don't get involved in them. Because I tell you, the judgment of God's not far from them. Don't get yourself, a root of bitterness spring up will defile many. Don't get yourself defiled. <laughs> 14,700 people didn't learn the lesson. They went and the next day the whole congregation went back to complain. And boy, the plague came. Keep out of it. Smarten up. The root of bitterness springs up. Don't let it defile you. Well, I don't want any of it. Someone wants to live that way, let them go that way. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Amen? Amen? It's good that um, Cora's children, his sons, didn't all go down the pit, isn't it? His sons had smart enough. <laughs> Dad, you might go against Moses, we're not. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and they heard him scream as he went down live into the pit. I'm not going your way. See, you can live right. What a story. Hmm? I, that's why I love my Bible. You know, it's obvious if you read it. I just explained it. That's all. But it's just nice. I love my Bible. You know, it, it, it really does apply today, doesn't it? Huh? I mean, you know, there are people today make the same silly mistakes, don't they? Huh? How many people are so smart? They always know better than the anointed man. They do. I know. I, I'm amazed how many people, you know, they know the truth better than I do. Why, they can tell me what to preach and not preach. They, they can tell me what's right and wrong. They don't like it. They're smart. They never built anything, but they're smart. They pull things down, but they're smart. Full of bitterness, but they're smart. They're trying to take a position God never gave them, but they're smart. Why? They can become men of renown. They can become ever so spiritual. Smart men. They oppose themselves, Paul says. Silly. Silly thing to do, isn't it? Only one way to go. You've got to go God's way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hmm? You know, make sure you haven't got a brazen sensor to have a pure gold one means you've got to go with purity 
clean hands and a pure heart. Come to worship God. You better have clean hands and a pure heart. <laughs> you don't come to, to God and, and say, well, you know, I'm offering praise to you, but I'm going to have my life and live my way. <laughs> it's not on. See, the brazen censor speaks of judgment, your judgment, man's judgment, not God's. God's word is true. Strange fire. They lit their censors, but they didn't get far from the brazen altar because that deals with sin. It's where the blood was sprinkled. Once a year, the high priest went into the mercy seat. That's where the sacrifice was made, on a brazen altar, for sin. Calvary. Hmm? It's a lovely story, isn't it? Hmm? I just find it incredible that it took one day for them to forget. I just find that mind-blowing. I mean, if you'd seen people, the ground swallowing them up, you'd seen fire just rage out and consume 250 people and just incinerate them before your eyes, do you think it would take you one day to forget? <laughs> forget what happened? to rebellion to one day they all come back and they blame Moses for it you've got to have someone to blame it's not your fault is it it's always got to be the preacher You know, he don't treat me right. Things he said to me, don't like them. Things he preaches, don't like it. Tough. But that's God. God's God. That's why I tell people, don't ever desire to be a preacher. You really don't get a box of chocolates. Not that I'm allowed to eat chocolates, might I add. Except after eights with coffee, after a nice meal. Uh, and my wife, if she sees them, takes them away. So I try and grab them before she sees them. You know? God is God. Hey, we deal with the God of heaven. There's a God in heaven. We're on earth. You really got to get serious. Really got to realize God put me here for a purpose. My purpose is to glorify him, to do his will. My purpose isn't to live for myself. 
it's to live for him. But there's an order that God put on the earth. And if I try and be what God hasn't made me, I'm in dead trouble. And rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. How easy it gets into a human heart. How easy it is to want to go your own way. Or we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's why Jesus came. Deal with sin. Little thing to go your own way. To willfully do it is terrible. To ignorantly do it. A great difference with the children of Israel when they came with a free will offering for sins. There was a difference between willful sin. If you read on in Numbers, you'll discover. And that which was just sin they fell into. Amen. Well, do you find that helpful? Really cheers you up, doesn't it, for a Sunday morning? So, well, glory to God. Now, it's easy in the stands to shout. Any fool, when they're not on the pitch, can give instructions. When I was a youngster, and I used to go and watch my local football team when I was very young. Uh, and uh, I was taken to watch my local football team, which was Watford at the time you know you'd, you'd hear people shouting on the terrace and they would be instructing people what to do kick the ball in are you blind I could do better than you and you, know, and you listen to them on the terraces now there were only about 12 people on the terraces at the time <laughs> you know so you could hear them you know you listen any fool can instruct someone when he's not in the game It's easy to be a critic when you do nothing. But when you're actually out there in a cut and thrust of a game, you watch it, you know, and, and you're part of a team and you're fighting. I tell you what, different from shouting from the, the stands, isn't it? Hmm? And I find there's too many spectators want to shout from the stands instead of getting their hands dirty. They're so smart. Well, if you're that smart, get involved. If you know so well, prove it. But don't be what you're not. Be what you are. Amen? Is that plain enough for you? Don't want to find, you know, the earth opens up and swallows you. Terrible. You're fine, you're gone. 
Read Jude again where it says, you know, spots they are in the feast. Feeding themselves without fear. That's how Korah was till the moment came. Do you know why some people God exalts them and other people he puts them down? Pride. There are some people who will never ever be anything in God because their ego gets in the way. That's why they're never given position. God won't give them position. They think they're well equipped. Other people compromise. Don't like it. Well, the Bible's plain. Make up your mind who you're going to serve. If God be God, serve him. It's a smart thing to go God's way, isn't it? Smart thing to choose the right way. Stupid thing to go your own way. God is God. Let's pray. You know, it's really a matter of choice. I can stand up and say all the things. As I said at the beginning, you can tell people what's right. But you know in the end they'll do what they want. <laughs> Sometimes I think, oh God, what's the point? You can express things a million ways. But if a man's heart is not to go the right way, he'll not hear. How often Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And he looked at Pharisees and Sadducees and said, hearing you won't hear. Seeing you won't see. What was wrong? They weren't going to yield. They were going to have their own way no matter what. They were going to insist they're right. Sheer folly. The fool says in his heart there's no God. You know you make a choice in your life. You make a choice, you say, well, I'll go my way. Or you can make a choice and say, hey, there's only one way I want to go, it's God's way. I want to do his will.
I want to please him. Father, I just pray for each one here. Lord, I pray in your grace and your love. You'll take the words that have been spoken and you'll reach into the heart. Lord, you search the hidden recesses of a soul. You know what goes on. You see all things. You know the motives. And you alone can change a heart. Lord Jesus, I just pray you'll take the words, quicken them by your spirit. Turn lives around. Cause them to go your way. In your grace and your mercy, Lord, reach inside. Oh, Master, don't let us be like a Korah, an Abiram or Dathan. Don't let us be a murmuring people. Let us be a willing people in the day of your power. Let us be a people that say, Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. Lord, let us abase ourselves before you, that you might exalt us. Deal with the pride and the ego. And Lord, let us be submissive to you, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Lord, I pray you'll make each one of us true servants of the living God. Lord, change the very attitudes within. Transform the hearts and the minds. Reach inside. Master, in your grace and your love, Make us those that please and delight your heart. Lord, save us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's really a matter of choice who you serve.